And what is up? Welcome back, fam lamb friends and associates. Back for another week of thinning the herd after a one-week hiatus. I feel like that's a reoccurring theme here. We're always on hiatuses, but we're keeping you entertained. So excited to be here with my fellow hosts with the most. Let's go ahead and meet the rest of the minds behind this movement. Live. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. Nope, can't say that. All right. Next up, live from Richmond, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing, brother? It's good. I am fresh off a vacation hiatus, but, you know, it's summertime. Everybody, everybody needs that break. Hell yeah. I appreciate that. Well, next up, a kid who is just on permanent hiatus, live from Nashville, <laughs> the recluse himself, Shaky Doll. How we doing? Uh, recluse. I'm like Boo Radley, just total recluse. <laughs> um, I'm good though. Uh, honestly, just preparing to storm the fuck out of Area 51. You know, you're on the train. Well, yes, I appreciate that. And last up, hopefully, uh, we'll have an appearance live from Fire Island. Uh, Girthquake Grimes, how we doing, kid? Ah, uh, we're good, man. Just just weak as hell. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, Harry. <laughs> on that, let's kick it off. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the deal. End of regulation is everything sports and entertainment. We will keep you up to date on the biggest stories and games while putting some money in your pocket on a weekly basis. Lastly... We'll ensure to keep you entertained all the way through with the banner you didn't know you needed. So let's go ahead, as always, and get these tires warm, moving around the track with some master debaters. Want to kick it off to you guys? Should the MLB get rid of designated hitters? Now let me set the background for you. On one hand, having a guy like David Ortiz, and this is obviously for our listeners, in a lineup who can bash of you know 40 plus round trips each season is exciting for fans uh while putting on a you know premier sorry while putting a premium on the offense on the other side of the spectrum someone might argue that eliminating the designated hitter will bring the art of the game back putting more emphasis on small ball and fundamentals rather than waiting you know for that fucking grand slam that just absolute yoke job with bases loaded so from two baseball fans, want to hear from you guys what your thoughts are on this. I'll go quickly and leave the long rant to Tom, who's like the, the actual, actual baseball fan. <laughs> um, even as an NL guy, and typically when it comes to sports, somewhat concerned, I like the history of sports. So, yeah, I, I kind of like, you know, small ball, fundamentals, stealing bases, putting a premium on getting on base, etc. But fuck it. Like, when it comes to baseball, you know, the, the conversation is always about losing viewership. Put DHs in both leagues, American League and National League. Let's ramp up the fucking offense. Let's get people watching the game. Put people's asses in the seats. And honestly, it prolongs stars' careers. I mean, if David Ortiz had to play defense, he would have played until he was 28 years old. Instead, he played until he was 38 years old, and he won a World Series. Uh, uh, yet another one, I should say. He won multiple World Series, of course. But, yeah, it, it allows big-name players in their older age to prolong their careers. There's nothing wrong with that. So you're, so, so you're look, for Look it. at Albert Pujols. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. for it. Ab- Absolutely. If anything, we have to do away with pitchers batting 
It's Correct. I mean, it's their job to pitch. And in the 2019 game of baseball, like the chances of them getting a hit at the dish or doing something relevant on the base paths is not worth the risk of injury of losing them in the game. Uh, more on that later when we talk about the Nationals and Braves. I, I will say, though, from, <laughs> sure. from a fan's perspective, there's nothing better than, like, a, a multifaceted pitcher. Like, watching a pitcher step up to the plate and just yoke a line ball is uh, is pretty incredible. Yeah, It is pretty incredible, but it's, you know but what else I understand is incredible? What you're watching, yeah, watching David Ortiz hit one 450 <laughs> yeah, <fucking yeah>. feet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, well, we'll transition while we're on the topic of MLB because we're doing heavy MLB, fat MLB. Uh, do you guys think that we should switch over to robot umpires? I'm going to say hard no. Do you want to give some background context on this? Because I wasn't aware, so I imagine there's a bunch of people who are also in the dark here. Uh, so the MLB has been like experimenting with new league changes in some like other affiliated professional leagues. Um, one of which is using a robot umpire to call the balls and strikes. And essentially the umpire will still stand behind the, b- the batter, but he'll just get relayed whatever the call is via microphone and just make the call now. It is absurd that robots have taken over America's pastime, but somehow there's been a positive reception from all the coaches and the players that used it. I don't know if it's more arbitrary and fair or what here, but... Are you pro or anti? I am anti. Um, I'd love for the sake of debate and for the sake of the podcast to disagree with Tom here, uh, but I can't. I'm all about uh, human umps. I have also seen where they're using the robo umpires in like whatever Arizona bullshit league, um, you know, basically, you know, MILB affiliate type thing. Um, But honestly, like, there are a couple things to say. One, you can never take. I don't feel like you could ever take... Well, actually, you could with instant replay. Basically, you know, calls at the plate, that's like a big thing. Not just balls and strikes, but but calls at the plate are some of the most electric moments in a game of baseball. And, yeah, you know, some they, they obviously can use instant replay these days to get something correct if it's just vehemently wrong. But I love that human element. Also, just watching the Braves and the Nationals series, which we're going to talk about more later on, this weekend... You know, game one, Kyle Wright was struggling bad. I mean, extremely badly. And could not find the fucking strike zone. And, like, in those moments, there was one pitch in particular where he pretty much painted the side of the box, and the call didn't go his way. And, you know, I looked at the friend I was watching with, and I was like, dude, when, when a pitcher is struggling, umpire has to give him that give him that call. And that's just kind of one of the things that, like, where the human element Computers comes in. Computers will not is, take into account correct and you know at the end of the day people are going to be like oh well they shouldn't but dude it was it was split across the box half in half out and umpires, that's umpires that's what also they're there for. they also add like a, a huge dynamic to america's pastime like there's nothing better than a coach or a player squaring up with an ump that's not happening with correct. a robot we would never have that that fucking gif of the guy you know spitting like all those dudes spitting on umpire shoes the one famous one where he like points the ump points at the coach and he's like boom see ya throws him out of the game i use that gif once a day in the group and if, text. if captain sully taught us anything from saving all those lives landing in the hudson like brent said human instinct reigns supreme you ever right. seen i robot humans won that fyi did you guys catch the freak out of aaron boone on the umpire the other weekend 
No, I did not. He he screamed at this umpire, lost his mind, and there's like a direct quote of him saying, "My guys are fucking savages in the box." And as soon as I heard that, it hit me that the Yankees may win the World Series this year. <laughs> yeah, that is Let's go, not baby. looking good for the rest as, of the week. As worried as that makes me as a Red Sox fan, uh, the, the Yankees are fucking savages. Aaron Boone is right. And everybody should be on red alert for the New York Yankees. Is this the year for 28? <clears throat> well, now that we're warmed up, let's go ahead and just kick off. Um, Let's uh, run down the agenda here. We've got some banner, as always. We've got some uh, heavy UFC discussion, some wacky world of news, a new topic we're throwing in here. Um, we'll throw some sports at you, heavy MLB, as we had mentioned, and then wrap things up nicely uh, at the end there with some buzzer beaters. So we'll start off here with banner. Uh, first and foremost, same way we started last episode, free ASAP Rocky. Um, recently news dropped that charges um, – were dropped against the man involved in the street fight with the rapper, but not against the rapper himself, uh, if I'm reading that correctly. So we're uh, we're starting to go fund me, but not really. There are plenty of other people with money who are doing so. One of which is Donnie T, uh, who made you know a quick call, possibly shot a text or a DM to the Swedish Prime Minister. So um, hopefully uh, he'll uh, Don Trump himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he reached out. He probably threatened to literally nuke the shit out of Sweden. I will blow up in all of Scandinavia. Well, this is what's funny. So he tweeted saying, you know, we're, we're going to go ahead and get ASAP out of there. Um, and fucking Mr. Trying to Stay Relevant, Justin Bieber, uh, tweets and is, is like, hey, by the way, so excited that you're helping my buddy ASAP get out of jail, but maybe let those kids out of the... Uh, detention facilities i was like you know what dude i was like you had the chance to do something cool and fun and you had to fucking ruin it so dude, the issue you. is that the beebs will always be relevant he's he the is, but like he's constantly i feel like trying to stay relevant while staying irrelevant which is fucked you're, he is trying to toe that line a little bit for sure you're just but a I actually i've never liked justin bieber more than i have liked him in the last 18 months. Oh, really? Just because he's been quiet? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's because he's like been quiet and also I've never like, liked LeVar a little Ball bit crazy. More. Who? LeVar Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Um, we said that we were going to talk a little UFC. We talk a lot about John Jones. We talked about his fight, uh, what was that, two weeks ago? Um, so we want to talk about how dumb we think he is or how dumb you all might think he is. Uh, so, Tommy, I'll turn this over to you, Lasagna. Yeah, so Jones was apparently involved in a some, some sort of investigation at a strip club, and now he's facing battery charges for grabbing one of the waitresses and, like, pulling her and apparently putting her in a chokehold. And I just... Which you can't... You cannot do that, by the way. Like, how dumb... Just to clarify. How dumb is John Jones? Like, how this do isn't you continue, the octagon, psycho. It doesn't matter, like... You'd think he has a laundry list of DUI charges, um, you know, street racing charges. I just him don't and, understand him and Bieber, uh, man. Cocaine use. Cocaine uh, use. Speaking, speaking of laundry use. list like, what of drug use and DUI charges, we should mention uh, Doc Gooden, who did <laughs> who did make a quick Doc Gooden did make a quick appearance on back our post MLB All Star game um, episode and. He is back in the news. Um, honestly, since the All Star Game, since his hilarious fucking tweet, he's been arrested he has, two times. <laughs> he's been arrested twice. 
for cocaine possession and DUI slash DWI. So, Dude. Doc, if you're listening, buddy, uh, fucking take care of yourself, Godspeed, man. man. Put the, I, put think, the cocaine I think the down. police saw that tweet and were like, hey, fellas, <laughs> yeah. we've got to keep an eye out on this guy. Yeah. Basically, just he, all systems go on Dwight Gooden. Well, in all seriousness, he and John Jones should get together because that would be one hell of a party. But um, They would both die. <laughs> John Jones, you are a walking weapon. Like, your job is to kill and dehumanize individuals in the ring. The fact that you yeah, ever— not, not in the strip club. Like, I, I wouldn't put a hand on a female, and I'm, like, fucking Gumby. Like, what are you doing, my man? Total idiot. Total fucking idiot. Also, dickhead uh, wait, of the are week. We getting, are we getting more into? No, that's really it for uh, UFC talk, right? Yeah, I mean that. Yeah. That's really it. I know. Well, that there was while a... we're on the also on the sport of fighting, um, shout out. Unfortunately, I don't even know his name, which makes me look like a huge asshole. Uh, but uh, the middleweight title fight that just went down, I think, two days ago. Uh, the dude who got his ass whipped is now dead. Uh, which is not at all a good look. Honestly, not Ma- at all a Maxime good look for the sport. Da- Dadashev. Yeah, not at all a good look for the sport of boxing in general, especially considering they were fighting in the 140-pound weight class. I had no idea 140-pounders could kill one another, but obviously they can. Um, his trainer threw in the towel, I think, in the 11th round. Um, he didn't even make it back to the locker room before collapsing and throwing up. And... Yeah, he went to the hospital. They put him on a stretcher, took him to the hospital, and basically he was had a hematoma. You know, he was bleeding from his fucking brain, and they kept him overnight, and he did not make it. So, R.I.P. Uh, I mean, dude, just, it's that's it's, rough. It's cr- I mean, think about Liam Neeson's wife, uh, Natasha uh, Natasha Richardson Richards, right? I would love to know how you're going to connect these dots. Please proceed. So she died the same way. She was skiing. She fell. She hit her head just simply once. She went back to her hotel collapse boom dead wow um so i'm saying from a simple fall on a ski slope it's not like unfathomable (laughs) this guy fucking died after taking an absolute beating to the dome he was getting his he was getting beat the hell out of too by the way his that picture that tom showed his face looked like his brain was bulging out of his eye (laughs) anyways moving on yeah, more positive news. Zion Williamson uh, signed a huge shoe deal along with a bunch of other solid athletes. Um, I think Tatum was also one of them that joined the Jordan brand. Um, so just a fleet of young guns that are going to start paving the way uh, to hopefully be you know, the next all-star uh, of our generation. So it'll be cool to see these kids come up. Um, I think Zion is obviously priority number one that they're focusing on, and hopefully his shoes will hold up and uh, not explode in the middle of the game. Pray for him. Right. Um, well, let's move on to the wacky world of news. I wanted to throw this in here. Um, I've stopped reading pretty much like all all news outlets except for Wall Street, uh, the Wall Street Journal, and BBC. And so everything that I've got is just complete fuckery from around the world and I thought we would bring it to your attention the first being a fine Australian man was driving a van Boy. Uh, and that van happened to run into two police cars um, not only did he freak out because of the fact that he had 140 million dollars worth of methamphetamine in the trunk um, but he also had no license so he fled uh, but eventually was caught and I imagine will most likely perish in the next couple of days having lost that 
amount of drugs. Uh, did this Australian man happen to attend Roanoke College's alumni weekend in 2014? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he may or may not have been there. Yeah, I, I definitely know that guy. Yeah, I think we've met him once or twice. But, no, I don't think uh, – it might be his brother who knows. This guy's off just doing shenanigans in Australia. But, <laughs> hey, Godspeed, man, because you're fucked. Um, yeah. he, like, I, uh, you're, you're getting the death penalty or someone's coming to kill you. Can I just can I just say here that end of regulation does not condone meth or drug use of any, any kind or any matter? Any kind. Mm-hmm. Any kind. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Definitely wh- not Doc Gooden. While we're on that topic, this is just a PSA. There is an imposter in our midst. End of regulation podcast on Instagram is a fucking fraud. They're a fake yeah, account. Important to note the difference. There is at end of regulation and at end of regulation podcast. Everyone working for at end of regulation podcast hates freedom. Hates it. Hates America. <laughs> hates everything. So um, cease and desist. You heard it here. Um... Next up, this is uh, something that's going to hit home for you, Brent, because I know how much your family participates um, in these types of things. <laughs> but uh, performance-enhancing drugs are, are rocking the industry, and I'm talking about the uh, world champion uh, of marketing lambs. So there was a 4-H contest earlier this month, and one of the lambs who won, they found illicit drugs in them. Dude was just like smoking, one of the smoking meth or something. This is like right out of like the FFA. Is did is there FFA like a, did not definitely did not exist where either of you went to high school, did it? No, because I saw this and I thought of you and I figured like this is right up his alley, you know, he was playing with barnyard animals and and so like Yeah, this would be like if uh in the Charlotte's web if they had just <laughs> <laughs> if they'd just been pumping the fucking pig full of steroids yeah. just to make him fatten up. If that pig just had fucking biceps aside I love that move. Um, honestly, I really just like in my head these 4-H contestants are 12 years old and, and, and like injecting a lamb Dude, with steroids. I don't, what, I don't what's get so this. funny is is what the funniest part about it is all is like they made this huge deal about it and they're like we're gonna take back the medals and like the drugs were found and then the lamb was sent right to the slaughterhouse. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> it was like I I hope that it's now on a plate in Nashville somewhere and I'm gonna eat it this weekend. <laughs> Jesus. I don't, under, I don't understand this though. How can is it, is it like like uh like the Westminster Dog Show for cattle? Yeah, essentially, similar. it's yes. for lambs. Have you, dude? Have you never been to a state fair before? Come on, bro. Up. Yeah, seriously. Oh, you've Jesus you've never Christ. gotten so blacked out that you woke up at a you know on Tom, a, on a Tom Ferris wheel. Grew up under Plymouth Rock. I was born on Plymouth the Rock. rock? <laughs> we didn't on the land rock. on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right, moving on here. This is the best. Um, this looks absolute... disgusting. Hmm? This looks disgusting. Yeah, well, so absolute mayhem was going on in New York the other day, and uh, this image went viral. A mysterious untouched In-N-Out burger was found lying on the streets of Queens. I think it was around like 7 a.m. Probably an art installation, knowing how hipster Queens is. <laughs> right, that's Banksy's but burger. <laughs> my point being is like, you know, what are the other theories? And one of the theories the guy had was, like, some multi-billionaire in New York City f- had these flown out, and on his way from the airport, he was just hucking burgers at homeless people. He just dropped one out of his helicopter, Like Frank Reynolds. Oh, shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> Frank Reynolds style. Just give him the taste of a good life. 
Um, so yeah, is that the story here that there are no In and Out? Obviously, I know In and Out is a West the closest. Coast chain. The closest one is Kansas. Holy shit! So now that so, makes it interesting. And it was hot. Right. The guy said he didn't pick it up, but he touched it, and it was still warm, intact. And he's like, I grew up on the West Coast. I know the perfect lettuce placement. I'm like, shut the fuck up, nerd. But <laughs> yeah, he said he could identify like a burger from In-N-Out, and he said, this is it. This was one. Um, I'm not going to lie. I would be pretty tempted to eat at least the portion of the burger that was not making contact. <laughs> That's covered. Because In-N-Out <laughs> is pretty would. fucking fire. You rat. Well, I think, and also good point, uh, Gardner. A hundred percent an art installation. Yeah. that's what Brooklyn. Some is, hipster like it. made that on like a on like a screen printing. Yeah, three D printed like, it. Yeah. Well, um, let's go ahead. I've been talking enough, and turn it over to Tom with some uh, some breaking news about Bogo. So well, no, that's yeah, Bogo. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's Bogo, and uh, when Adam Schefter tweets it, you know it's real. Uh-oh. And so I'm happy to announce that Buffalo Wild Wings has reinstated its buy one, get one deal every Tuesday. Every Tuesday it's back. And um, this is great. And so, you know, we're going to have a nice college Tuesday I'm night be meal. Completely transparent. I have absolutely no idea what BOGO is. Uh, buy one, get one? Okay. Come on now. But, but, like, for Buffalo Wild Wings, they're just specifically talking about. Wings or beers or like what are we I mean, talking? Yeah, it, essentially, two for one. yeah, it's half off for for All those right. for those uh, not with the Bogo Idiots. movement who yeah apparently have never been to a fucking restaurant before. I've been to a restaurant. I just don't tend to eat at fast food restaurants, Thomas. I uh, I'm not low brow. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I I spend my money elsewhere, my friend. Um, all right, well, let's talk about the important stuff here. The reason you guys stick around, sports, baby. We got the MLB breakdown here for you. Tom and Brent are going to debate the NL East here for us. Talk a little bit of Bra- about a Braves Nats split. So I'll kick it over to you guys to start it off. I would first like to bring up. We were, we were talking a lot of shit last week because the Braves and the Nats had a four-game series over the weekend in Atlanta, which they ended up splitting two to two. And I, I, I think we can go through like you know one division a week more or less up until the playoffs start. And so as, as far as the NL East goes, I think it's a two-dog race here between the Braves and the Nationals. And the Braves sit, I think, six and a half games up. And there's Correct. there's like 12 games left between the two. Some, something along those lines. So there's there's still time, still up for grabs. But I, I don't know. Before the series, I really liked the Nats. Now... I don't know. The Braves, yeah, the Braves are pretty four, fucking good. Four fewer games. Yeah, four fewer games that they get to play against each other, and, and they didn't gain any ground. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, as, of course, last episode two weeks ago, Tom said, bet your fucking mortgage on the Nationals winning uh, the NL East. I stand by that. Um, he stands by that, he says. At the time, the Braves were up seven and a half games. They're currently, they've lost one game of ground in the meantime, uh, not during that four-game series. But I will say... Um, number one, I, you know, I've been watching the Braves all season long, and it's never been more obvious than right fucking now that they have to do something about their lineup. Um, it is, yes. or rather their rotation, sorry. Um, their starting pitching was pretty close to atrocious, uh, especially in game one of the series. Um, they got Kyle Wright, I think, had just only recently been called up uh, when 
what's his face freed went uh went down to the il with you know his little 10-day blister he's got going on and um kyle wright got taken into the fucking woodshed he gave up i think eight runs and three innings pitched uh, it was awful even um who was it? Steven Strasburg hit a mile-long home run. Yeah, off of you him. want to talk about pitchers who raked? Strasburg had yeah. five RBIs the other night. Th- this is what we alluded to earlier on in the in this episode. Um, yeah, Kyle Wright simply could not find the fucking strike zone with anything except a 95 mile an hour fastball that was right down the middle. And once the Nationals uh, lineup figured that out, it was game over, and it was atrocious. In fact, the entire game I was watching with my friend Jordan, I was like. We have to we have to immediately send this guy back down. Honestly, we yeah. need to send him back down right now. Put him on a plane to Mississippi and get him out of here. And it turns gots out that with it, it got to go. go. Within an hour after the game, they had designated him back to Triple A Gwinnett. So at least not a bunch of idiots running the show. But yeah, it it has not been more obvious that we have to get so, a starting pitcher. So I've, that's uh, that's obviously the first step to correcting. Um, some of the concern that you have. What are some other suggestions that you have? Do they do they need to make pickups or or do they just need to rotate? No, I mean on, we just we have to make a trade for someone. Braves Braves has one of the best farm systems in the league, if not the best farm system in the league. But uh, yeah. you don't want to give up too much of your future. You know, hemorrhage your your future. I will say for a run. I will say for the Nats that, or for the Braves, excuse me, that they caught a break that Max Scherzer who you might have heard of before, is on the DL right now. And Correct. and when you look at Game 2, it was impressive for the Braves. to They had a walk-off win in Game 2 of the series. Uh, the Nats made a ninth-inning push, tied it up in the top of the ninth, and the Braves were able to win. I think Josh Donaldson hit a bomb um, yeah, to win the game. Off. So, I mean, the Braves definitely have the talent, but I, I, I really do think if Scherzer is healthy and okay, it's going to be in favor of the Nationals. I think you have those two dogs winning a majority of their starts and the rest of the games left. And, I don't know, we'll see how or what moves are made. Obviously, we have, you know, it's crunch time now for the trade deadline. And I I think the the biggest move for the Nats is also going to have to be some, like, back-end bullpen, particularly because they blew that game and they ended up just getting blown out in the last game of the series. Um. And it, it does suck that they lost Ryan Zimmerman again. He's been dealing with like a nagging heel issue. And I thought Zimmerman was going to be a big factor, you know, a longtime veteran. But I, because of the starting pitching of Scherzer and Strasburg, I'm going to continue to ride the Nats. Yeah, here. I mean, honestly, if you know, there are so many teams that would love to have one pitcher as good as either of those two guys to have them both, you know, playing back to back games is just daunting to any team. Uh, facing them obviously and yeah it's tough to look at it one I mean I know we're spending most of this conversation talking about the Braves and the Nats but the Phillies are only a game behind the Nationals right now the Phillies have also won all, eight in a row quietly all three teams are playing uh tonight in fact uh I think the Nationals suffered a postponement last night yeah but yeah I mean there's there's plenty to more uh, honestly one of the most interesting things is uh later on in the year I think actually in late August Basically, the Braves play four straight games against. Uh, they play a four-game stand against the Nationals, and then their very next series is four games against the Phillies. And that exact same scenario happens twice down the stretch. So eight games in a row within the division, 
at two separate times coming down the stretch. Uh, anything can happen with those three teams in that conversation, and really, per usual, it's it's going to come down to, to pitching. I mean, obviously, both both teams have quite a lot of defense, or all three teams have quite a lot of defense. I would say the Braves have the best hitting lineup, without question, of the three, but they probably have the weakest starting pitching of the three also. So that kind of levels the playing field, and that's just that's just going to make for like a hell of an August and early September. So you guys are, are obviously alluding a lot to the fact that trades need to be made, teams need to reorganize. Um, the trade deadline is rapidly approaching here, July 31st uh, at 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Central, or Eastern Standard, sorry. Um, and uh, so Tom and Brent are going to kind of kick uh, some names around. The top names expected to be targeted um, by all these contenders, and hopefully uh, some of these teams we've just discussed will find success. Well, the top name seven to ten, to ten days ago, and he's still he's still a hot name. Just no one really knows anymore because the Giants won't stop winning baseball games. But uh, Madison Bumgarner. You know, three-time absolute hero in the city of San Francisco for his performances in World Series and honestly just October in general. Um, you know, two weeks ago, uh, the Giants were absolute sellers because they were, I, I think, nine games back or something like that. Nine or 11 games back, maybe. And in the meantime, they've done nothing but fucking win baseball games and they've gotten closer and closer to now. Honestly, they might be buyers as they as they try to make their own run into the playoffs. Um, but basically, if, if I'm the Braves, other than the fact that Bumgarner is a total chump, personally, uh, he's an awesome baseball player, but he's such a tool, um, you gotta, you got to throw the whole kitchen sink at San Francisco and try and get him on your team. Uh, he would add so much, uh, not just for the rest of the season, but clearly the Braves are going to be a playoff team, whether they win the division or sneak in as a wildcard team. And he is someone who just does not shy away from the pressure. So that's that's one of the biggest names, especially in the National League, and especially as pitchers are concerned. So with that said, do you think he's going to end up staying in SF, or is it going? No, I think I think probably they try and sell him and Buster Olney and uh, yeah. sorry, not Buster Olney, Buster Posey, and uh, my bad, and uh, just kind of hit the reset button and and get a you can get so many draft picks and and prospects out of those two players that is that going to be set yourself up for the next 10 years is that going to be dependent though like you said if they continue to get hot or you think it's going to happen regardless it's probably they've probably whatever they've decided they're going to be or whatever they do decide they'll be deciding in the next 48 to 72 hours because we're only we're a week away yeah. and um if they, they, for all I know, they've already decided it. But like I said, with those, with those two players specifically, you can set your whole club up for the next ten years of baseball, and that's probably the smarter decision. Yeah. Well, Tommy, uh, talk to us a little bit about Kirby Yates. Yeah. So Kirby Yates is having an unbelievable season, leading baseball with 31 saves and 70 strikeouts in just 43 innings. So this guy is the real deal. And the fact of the matter is that the Padres have a strong base. And right now, like, they're not winning enough baseball games to where they need a closer. And I think they can deal this guy. I think they should deal this guy. And they could still use some pitching, definitely some bullpen arms. Um, they're still building a, a good, strong outfield, young outfield. Hunter Renfro is nasty. But Yates is going to go, especially being a closer with so many teams like the Red Sox. Um, it wouldn't put it past me if the Astros went and grabbed somebody for the back end of their bullpen. Brad Hand has had injury issues um, for Cleveland. 
Uh, it also wouldn't put it past me to see the Yankees just sign them just to be fucking dickheads because the Yankees have like eight different closers that are just nasty. But um, expect Kirby Yates here to go probably first. I think he's probably going to be the first one off the board in the, in the next few days to come. Um, well, hopefully, uh, not hopefully, we will go ahead and keep you guys posted um, as this trade deadline approaches. But we've got two last names to kick off the list here um, that are a part of this kind of top names to be ex- you know expected to go. Um, Mr. Jernigan, you want to take over? Uh, which one do you want to take here? Uh, Castellanos, um, I will take him. And mainly... I don't know if uh, Tom, did you happen to see this? Ba- basically, he was—he's uh, been raking lately, obviously, and his his as far as just being on base, and I think he leads the league in doubles and triples both. Um, but he was like ranting, raving about uh, really just hating playing in Detroit. Period, because his power numbers don't stack up against the rest of the league because their outfield is of retard length. Um, basically. You have to pull a ball down the line to to hit one out in Detroit. Yeah, it's and deep. He's just kind of he's kind of fed up, uh, just kind of not being in the conversation. I suppose you know some players are that way, where especially when their team's not dominating, uh, they want their numbers to stand out. Obviously, numbers mean more money. So if anything, I would call Nick Nick Castellanos just unhappy in Detroit right now, and they're sellers anyways. So. Putting him in any lineup, the dude can rake left-handed pitching. He rakes, oh, sorry, uh, he's second in the AL in doubles, not first. And, you know, he, he could just plug into any lineup, really, and, and make you a lot more solid. And plus, his defense is perfectly fine. So anyone needing outfield help, anyone needing help, just batting in general, they got to be looking his way. Well, Tom, wrap us up here with the last name to go off this list. Yeah, I would also expect the Blue Jays to make a move, um, moving Ken Giles, their closer. Again, another dude that's just dominant, um, strikeout machine, nasty slider. Um, I think he, you know, the Blue Jays just aren't going to win this year. They're not going to be in contention with just the AL East being what it is. And so why not trade him now? They have a nice young core and build around Guerrero Jr. Like, you're not going to win right now, but a few years down the road, you might. And I think the first move is Ken Giles and Marcus Stroman as well. Um, I'm expecting him to go, mostly because Stroman is under contract through 2020. So he's going to be more enticing to have for the end of this year as well as next year. And so that could, you know, kind of be a long shot team. Might come out and grab him like, uh, I don't know, like Colorado. Um, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't be surprised if the Indians grabbed him given their bullpen arm concerned so we'll see what happens are these so uh, out of the four top names that we've had to go or expected to go on uh deadline day i was gonna say no they're not all pitchers castellanos is a is not okay no i was saying that's interesting um everyone needs pitching essentially yeah it's clear well um we will keep you posted like we said um on everything that is the trade deadline well mainly just the bigger news and stories um so keep uh keep an eye out on social media so gentlemen let's go ahead and close it out here tonight with some buzzer beaters yes i would like to give a nice shout out to tim duncan uh the longtime spur has 
rejoined the game after a short hiatus with retiring and has joined Popovich as an assistant coach for the Spurs. Uh, this could mean more championships soon for the Spurs. Is there any doubt that Tim Duncan eventually becomes a head coach in the NBA also? You know, if this is if this is really his path, he's, he's the next, he he's the next Bill Russell. Right. I got to say, man, Pop could be one of the coolest moths in the league. Coolest and gayest all at the same time. Not that there's anything yeah, wrong with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I hear that, but I don't know. I just feel like... I dare you to say that to his face. He'd fucking <laughs> kill you. <laughs> he would kill you. I don't know. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool to see the dynamic that he has with these players. And I liked, you know, the quote that we threw up, which was just basically, you know, he's been Tim Duncan's assistant for the last nine years. Yeah. So he, he owes him. Um, so, um, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us here tonight. Uh, it was a goddamn pleasure. If you are not already, make sure to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, and additionally, it is our lifeblood, so make sure you go to click and subscribe both on iTunes and Spotify so that you can constantly stay up to date on our weekly released episodes. Um, as mentioned, everything sports and entertainment, baby. So end of regulation podcast, fake at end of regulation, real. The real deal. Yeah, Brent, close us out, my man. Uh, yeah, first of all, shout out, Harry. It was awesome having you on. I can't wait to see you again next Thanks, week. Bro. Um, <laughs> second of all, second of all, on a on a slightly more depressing note, but um, she has some incredible fucking music, and it would be a shame on this day not to give her a little shout out. Uh, basically, this day, July 23rd, 2011, Amy Winehouse was found dead in her North London home at age 27. Um, I honestly didn't know enough at the time about just how special a talent Amy Winehouse was. Um, of course, I've seen her name all over the place, and she was a huge deal. Uh, but if you have not seen the documentary Amy, I think it's on Netflix. It honestly changed. Incredible. I really, it's incredible. It, it is so fucking awesome. Uh, no matter what kind of music you're into, talent is, the talent was incredible there, and uh, the, the world definitely lost someone special on this day in 2011. So we're going to play some, you know, bluesy Amy Winehouse on the way out of here. Later. Later. No, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. I ain't got the time, and if my daddy thinks I'm fine, just try to make me go to rehab.
to be 